Hairdressing, business, beauty, products, people, interviews, fitness, health, well-being. I'm Nathan Plumridge and welcome to Hair Life. Can you do me a favour? Hit the subscribe button or the share button wherever you can see it. Thank you. My guest on today's show is a teacher, a salon industry educator, and an award-winning business coach. Not only that, she is a fellow podcaster, and just like me, she is an outdoor challenge seeker. Hello, Angela Hayden, and welcome to Hair Life. How are you today? I'm really well, thank you, Nathan. Uh, Lovely to be here, and we caught up, which is great, and I'm really looking forward to this podcast. So am I. This is, um, I think this one uh, is one of those, I know we've been trying to get to there for quite a while, but you're a very busy lady, uh, and then trying to find the appropriate time, so I'm so pleased that we (laughs) finally got it. Um, I'm also really excited about the fact that actually we've obviously on the show over the last like two to three weeks, uh, we've been putting together very much this kind of mini series on uh, this industry and basically how we can provide better service. So for me, uh, this one is a great one to finish with somebody like yourself. Now, Angeline, let's get down to it. So you are the owner of Midas Training. Is that right? That's right. Midas Custom Service Training is the full title uh, and also Salon Solutions. But today I think we're just going to talk about customer service, aren't we? Exactly. So what what brought you to opening up uh, obviously a customer service focused uh, business? What was it? Good question. So I was a salon owner for 12, 13 years and a business owner. So not hairdresser or a beautician, but I ran the business. Um, I always looked at things at the uh, point of view of the client, as well as the stylist and running the team and also the business. And I, I came to a point where I kind of gone as far as I could go myself. And I didn't I wasn't particularly interested in training as a stylist or a beautician. I wanted to go into the education side of the salon, but still stay in the industry because I absolutely adore the industry. So I trained as a teacher. I'm now an assessor. I did my body language specialist course as well. I also did mystery shopping. Um, Yeah, that's interesting. Um, So, uh, yeah, so I then developed um, uh, with my husband, Gary, Midas Customer Service Training, and we kind of went from there, really. Uh, Then I I do coaching, and I do one-to-one coaching or group coaching, um, and I love my job. Love it. And is it predominantly within that hair industry? Is that is is that the core market or is it broadened out? Yeah, actually, I'd like to stay in the profession and mm. the hair industry, beauty, lashes, aesthetics. Um, it's, it's the industry I know. And I, I always think that if you stay within the industry that you know, mm-hmm. you're going to be able to use your own expertise to be able to service your own customers. Definitely. I think it's that thing about just being really effective. Um, you yeah. know, ultimately you've got limited amounts of time and actually, you, I suppose you just want to get the most out of that, that time that you've got either with the salon owners or the team that you're working with. So actually it's just ultimately being massively effective. Definitely. I also think that if people know that you've been in the industry, they class you as an expert maybe, and they would rather, 
that you know their industry inside mm -hmm. out. So, yeah, so I think that's important as well. So I, I this is one of those topics that for me, I love probably more than anything, because I think actually as hairdressers, ultimately, mm -hmm. but actually as a salon owner, the whole thing about customer service, it's the one thing that I think enables you to really separate your business from from other people. I definitely but, agree with because that. Because I don't think there are many things now that basically can't be copied. You know, we can all yeah. copy somebody's interior. We can do the drinks. We can change the menus. You know, it's there's so many things that are very easy replicated. But I just think the service element is the hardest thing to do so what yeah. does that customer service look like to you so what yeah. is yeah i th there is something and uh and i quote maya angelo she was an author poet and activist and she said people will never forget what you, uh, sorry I'll, I'll rephrase that people will forget what you said and people will forget what you did but people will never forget how you made them feel mm -hmm. and personally you're absolutely right we have loads of uh, salons on the high streets all doing fantastic color cuts nails lashes aesthetics everything and the one thing that I teach my uh, salons is that Sometimes the only thing that will separate you from the salon up the road is your level of customer service. And that is why it is so important to give, not just to every client, but every single day that they're in the salon to yeah. every single client. Yeah, 100%. And it's interesting for me because I think probably for us, and this is, I think this is the great thing what I love about this show is because I'm in the industry. Yeah. I run a busy salon. So for me, when I talk about the emotion part of the business, it's if every day, whenever I look at like the reviews or any of the things that we get, the biggest thing that it comes down to for most people is the emotion, the emotion yeah. of how they felt exactly what you said in your quote. Yeah. It's how you make people feel. Yeah. And I think that is where our industry, number one, is probably one of the best in the world because of how we generally make people feel daily. Um, we have a strap line here, it's called Let's Celebrate You. And that's exactly, oh, and, that. and that's exactly what it is. Um, yeah. Our whole brand is now focused around Let's Celebrate You as a person. And, and I think that's the area, but it, for me, what interests me is that process. So what's the sort of process that you try and work on when you're building teams of people? I think you've got to look at the client's journey through the salon. And I think there are different touch points as well. So when the client comes into the salon, the first thing we do, I do, is I teach them meet, greet, body language and first impression. Because especially with our younger people, because our younger professionals don't always have the confidence to make really good eye contact with someone. Mm -hmm. So we teach that as well. And that goes with customer service. When you make eye contact with somebody, you begin to trust that person. So what we do is teach them to build and make trusting relationships in the salon. Because as we know, if you trust someone, you're more likely to buy from them. Exactly. So it really starts as the client comes into the salon. The first meet and greet, what, two to three seconds, we've already decided if we like somebody or not, haven't we? Mm -hmm. So therefore, when you make a visual impression, it's got to be good. Then you make an audio impression when you speak. So that's got to be good as well. And I think I think it's something like statistically, it's up to seven times. If you make a bad impression, 
it can take seven more times after that for somebody to actually begin to change the way they feel about you. Yeah. So get it wrong and you've got lots of repairing to do. But if you get it right, you don't need to do that. We have um we have a process and I love it. It's called the three S's and it's it's the moment that somebody walks in. So it's C, then it's smile. Mm. And it's very simple. It's just say hello. Yeah. Transactionally in that moment. And we've probably all been there. And I always think it's one of those like within the restaurant industry, mm. uh, when you walk into a space and when you are not recognized by somebody, mm. you, it's you're you're so right. It's amazing how it almost gets you back up. Yeah. Because you're kind of, you feel like you're being ignored. Yeah. And yet you watch all the people flying around and yet nobody does it. And I think there are so many businesses that do that. Is that something you tend to experience when you go into places? Yeah. I mean, I've had some really bad experiences like everybody, but I've had some really good ones as well. Um, and I'll give you a little example. My husband and I went for a walk over Durdle Door. And before we went, we went in for a big breakfast because, you know, it's a big walk. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, we went into this cafe and we were greeted by these really young people. I mean, there must have been weekend staff because they were so young. Do you know what? I was absolutely over... I I was blown away by the way that they were as young people. They were highly professional. They made good eye contact when we went in. We never had to ask for something. They just seemed to appear at every minute that we needed something. And they were so, they only said what they needed to say. There was no idle chit chat or, you know, because, you know, we, we just wanted to be kind of left alone and have our breakfast. And when I left, I said to the manager, you should be so proud of your two young people because they were exceptional today. And I urge people to, if they're out somewhere and they experience good customer service, tell the manager because you have no idea how much that means to that young person. Mm-hmm. And uh, and when we left, somebody was looking at the menu and I said, look, you've got to go in there because they're amazing. So I think we all have a role to play and we really do. And I think if we all do that and we celebrate exceptional customer service, I, I think that's a great thing to do, don't you? Yeah. Oh, I love it. I mean, there's, I I love those sorts of moments because there's a great story by, uh, you've obviously heard of Tony Robbins. Amazing. Yeah. Big fan. On the yeah. I love Tony. Um, he always talks about um, it's a, a restaurant near where he lives, and there was a, there was a young guy. It was a very similar situation where yeah. he took his children, and he went to that restaurant, and he got looked at. And the guy was called John. I remember his name was John, and he looked after him so well that he basically grabbed the manager at that point. Mm. He was like, "Look, you need to give this guy a raise. This guy's so good." <laughs> He's just like the next level of customer care. I've been all over the world in the best restaurants and blah, blah, blah. And he and he, I love the fact that he he now still goes back and it's like 10 or 15 years later. And that guy is still there and he's now the manager running it. Oh. And, and he's like, they never, they never charge, they never charge him. Yeah. And, and it's the I'm fact. I'm sure that, I'd get charged if I went back to that. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> but that's not why I did it. But I think people don't, yeah. I mean, I, I think people don't kind of celebrate it enough. I think a lot of people are very yeah. critical of sometimes the, the, the little things. Um, yeah, I agree. I think actually, also, Nathan, yeah, go you've got to get them when they're young mm-hmm. because, like that, that young guy, he is now manager. So his, his beliefs, 
his core values, his skills, mm-hmm. and everything is now a ripple effect. And it's got to be like that. It's no good you getting somebody in to coach your staff and you don't, you're not coached as well because mm-hmm. if you don't recognize bad customer service, you can't make it great. So, so do you, alongside that, and that's and that's what I love about it, because for me, I mean, I treat everything about if you're going to run businesses now, you've got to lead from the top. And basically, yeah. you know, that's the trickle down kind of mentality, because there's, mm. there's, otherwise, I think that's where it's changed. We had an amazing chat um, last night with Joe Hemmings from Blogs. And I, me and him always have this thing where we feel like within our businesses, that's exactly what we do. You know, we'll get up, we'll clean the floors, we'll sweep, we'll tidy, yeah. we'll, you know, help in every single way. Yeah. And that way it enables your team to do the same thing. So do you, uh, as a company, and the, and the, do you have like a process, like a system that you outline with businesses or do you you bespoke for them exactly what they need? Yeah, it depends, really. I just finished a contract where I've been coaching 16 to 25 year olds. And that was a set course. And they went through the whole eight modules from meet, greet, qualification, uh, body language to retail and educating your client. I love coaching retail because mm-hmm. it's the one area that you can make an instant gain. And it really is. We'll come to that. Um, yeah. <laughs> and, um, but I do think uh, that it, it's more bespoke because it depends what the salon needs. Mm-hmm. If the salon would like the manager coached um, and educated, uh, that's great. That's great. But if they've got a team, that's good as well. So one-to-one group coaching, it's all, yeah, all we offer everything like that. Which is great. And I'm sure that must be like a nice way to work as well. Yes. Because lovely. it's forever changing. Absolutely. Different people bring different things into the coaching sessions as well. And um, I, I, I actually, I love coaching on Zoom. I really do. I think that you can get so much value from being uh, connected to people and being able to see their reactions and their facial expressions and yeah. things like that. And it cuts down the traveling time as well, doesn't it? It, it does. Yeah. It cuts down some of the cost as well. So I yeah, think true. most businesses yeah. at the minute are probably enjoying that. Yes. So when you, in all the years that you've been kind of doing it, have you, are there places that you've kind of gone to and straight away you've kind of seen like the downfalls, the things that they're doing? And is there, is there often like a pattern? Cause I'm always really interested. Yeah. And for those places that really nail it, they just they just do it. Yeah. What's, what's the separator? What is it that you think is is the difference? I do you know there are a couple of things actually. I think complacency is a big mm-hmm. issue. I think that you know when when I coach um, particularly retail, never assume that that's what the client wants every single time because you know they'll surprise you sometimes. They yeah. don't. You are the professional. You are the one who is supposed to be educating them and solving their problems they all come to you because they got problems was it whether it's hair nails skin you know whatever lashes so I think what you've got to do is you've got to put yourself and use a bit of empathy skills put yourself Mm -hmm. in their shoes how would you feel if it was you and empathy I think we get we get better at it as we get older so coaching young people empathy skills is vital to yeah. their, their success with their clients as well but complacency is a big downfall yeah, yeah. and, and I, I think it's very easy because I think I mean certainly one of the things I think we visited as a as a company was after all the lockdowns and then coming back 
you know, we were, it was crazy, wasn't it? We, regardless yeah. of whichever salon you had, you were just mental for like the, you know, three months on, four months off, three months yeah. back again. And what we started to look at was exactly that. It was really looking at that kind of best practice yeah, and, and going, right, what is it we do? And the biggest thing that we found, and we took it back to the basics, was literally the consultation. It was, oh, yeah, it was like, do you yeah. know what? Let's just get this consultation absolutely bang on. Because if we get this right, the rest of it is kind of easy. The consultation is one of the touch points that we talk about. Mm -hmm. And I think that complacency, you know, if you if you do a very short consultation, you don't ask the right questions. And we need to be asking open questions mm -hmm. so that the, we get the client to open up about their issues, because let's face it, they've all got issues. Yeah. Um, and some of them aren't related to hair, nails, or beauty. No, no, that's not. <laughs> so, but some of them are. And I think also, I think as a professional, even a young professional, they need to um, show the client that they are professional. The consultation is the perfect time. You can educate your clients. You don't need to sell them a product at no. all. Education is the key. Talking about the retail product at the first point, which is a consultation, will actually help you further down the line in the client journey because what you're doing at the consultation is you are trying to assess what you're going to be doing to help the client with their issues. And if it is a retail product that they need, why not bring it into the cons consultation? You know, don't leave it until you're styling the hair because it's too late. The client has... Um, has not uh, even thought about it for the whole journey. Yeah. But also, do you know what we teach as well is possession is nine tenths of the retail law. Mm -hmm. If your client is holding, touching, smelling the, re uh, the retail product, they are far more likely to buy. Put yeah. it in their hand, let them touch it, feel it, even let them put it on their hair when you are styling it because by, you know, they're going to go home and use it. They need to know how to use it. So we say possession is nine tenths of the retail law. Definitely get that product that you're talking about mm -hmm. and give it to the client to hold, smell, touch, feel. And that's I think it's, it's interesting. Well, just going back to a point you said about when you're assessing the guests. Mm -hmm. Because yeah. I think the thing that we've really found is it's amazing when you've got clients, especially the ones that are really regular, you know, the real loyal yeah. clients that come in yeah. every week. And I'll put my hands up, you know, when you said the word complacency, you know, every single person in our industry, we all get complacent because yeah, we know that Becky comes in every week. She's got short hair. She has a yeah. blow dry. It's very simple. Yeah. But actually, when I kind of drew everything back to basics and started to think, actually, Becky might not want that this week. She might want something different. And it really changed our relationship because actually what we started to do as well was we don't do the social talk kind of straight yeah. away we sort of switched it and it's like look for the first five minutes i just want to find out about you yeah you know nothing else nothing you can talk right. about we'll talk about me later <laughs> yeah. it's, it's it's about you and you know how's your hair felt this week you know what have you struggled with you know yeah. is there anything you want to change and i think you're so right about open-ended questions because i think so many times we again we don't do that we give them a yes or no yeah, close questions. Yeah, definitely. No place in the salon. You want to be able to draw out of them, uh, you know, key issues that they have. And, and they're not always, 
you know, when they come into the salon, I think they're always on a bit of a back foot because they're not looking their best because they're coming to you to look great. Mm -hmm. And I think sometimes, you know, clients don't always have the confidence to be able to say, do you know what? I've seen this amazing style. What do you think? Do you think it'll suit me? Mm -hmm. So they are leaving it to the professional. And I think really good to, when you get to know your client, you might say to them one day, do you know what? I was thinking about you the other day. You probably weren't, but you're going to say it anyway. But no, but you are. And I saw this style and I thought, when Becky comes back in, mm -hmm. I'm going to mention it to her. How do you think that Becky is going to feel? She's going to think, oh, my God, somebody's been thinking about me and they I haven't even been in the salon. And now they've chosen something especially for me. Mm -hmm. You make people feel amazing when you do. And it's, it, the thing is with it is I think that's that's what i really want like i feel that yeah. we now probably have the best opportunity as an industry to really get hold of this because mm. i i think the problem with our industry is i think we've kind of so undervalued ourselves for such a long time that like i get so frustrated when i see you know salons still charging like 20 or quid for a haircut i'm like yeah what are you doing? Like there should be like a like what I class as like a national price. Like it shouldn't be any less than like forty eight quid for a haircut. I'm like that's what it should be. Sometimes it's perceived value, isn't it? And I yeah. think if the prices are really low, people kind of think, oh, I wonder why they're so low. Are you not very good? Are you this? Are yeah. you that? Negatively. So I think you're right. I think there does have to be. Well, we have to bring uh, it together. Do, do you know what I mean? Because yeah. I, the, I, I, I mean, I'm, you know, I, I always look at it and I think like now I get to speak to so many different types of people in the industry yeah I've been able to voice that opinion more and the more I've done it the more salon owners have gone god yeah you're so right why do I worry about it I get a plumber come and charge me 100 quid just for a call out <laughs> they charge me god knows what else on and he was there 20 minutes and I just hand you the cash question it no yeah. and and I look I at know. it and I think god guys look at what we do each and every day like your hair is your best investment it is Without a question, you wear it every day. It's the one thing that transforms you yeah. how you feel. And as an industry, I think about that consultation and I think about that service. When you look at service and what I do, and this is just leading on to this, when I talk about what is your kind of real Rolls Royce level of service, mm -hmm. like really what is it? I always think it's one of those that within the industry, I feel most people probably do it because it's like start to finish, but yet we don't compare ourselves in that way. You know, yet you'll go to quite a fairly fancy restaurant mm. and actually the service is actually very intermittent. It's mm. a bit of meet and greet, bit of a menu, bring yeah. your food, bring your wine. Not it's always not the same really, yeah, yeah, there's not really that much. Whereas if you think about I always think about touch. I don't know, and I don't know whether it's something whether you work with or teach. We but do. there's probably no other industry. Yeah. You know, we touch people. Yeah. And that is such a yeah. service thing. And we never do service charge. Why do we never do service charge? <laughs> I know. That's so true. I think we teach, I tell you what we do teach is subliminal touching. Mm -hmm. Because we do touch our clients. Obviously, we touch their hair and things like that. But I think subliminal touching is actually a good communication tool you know a, a, a gentle tap on the shoulder if somebody is telling you something that is mm -hmm. quite uh maybe meaningful to them or maybe uh guiding your client your elderly client away from the backwash or wherever with a gentle touch on the elbow all of these things are subliminal they don't they don't they don't feel it 
but they feel something mm -hmm. and it's like a connection that they yeah. feel and i think subliminal touching is really undervalued 100%. Um, even the, even you know because i think also with young professionals you know when they make eye contact with somebody or they subliminally touch someone they're only used to touching their family or eye contact with their family, their aunts, their uncles, nobody else. And these are complete strangers that you're mm -hmm. actually asking them to physically engage with, which is why they need coaching. They're not yeah. going to do it naturally because they're not. You are going to get some people who are enthusiastic and, and very um, touchy-feely. You're going to get that. But the majority of them are not like that. Oh, 100%. And again, yeah. that's the education element, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. You know? So Rolls-Royce service, what is it to you? So what is okay. Midas customer service, Rolls-Royce level service? To our okay. listeners, what is it that <laughs> they can take away and go, yeah. this, is, this is what it is? You know, I always believe uh, that, you know, it's about like Becky, when we were thinking about Becky and we saw that haircut, why don't we try and get the client to understand that we are thinking of them, even though they're not in the salon. And one of the ways we can do this, we call it the drop off on the phone call. So your client has come in, they've purchased quite a lot of retail or they've had a new color service or cut service or you know, new lashes and they spent a lot of money with you. We need to remember, we need to treat our loyal clients really well because they're already spending money with you as well, okay? Bearing that in mind. Mm -hmm. So the level of customer service when they are in the salon is high. They leave the salon, it drops down, clearly, because they're not receiving customer service. I coach my professionals to give, pick up the phone, give that client a phone call. Hi, how is your color? I was thinking about you yesterday. You know, how did you get on with the color safe shampoo that you've got now? The retail products, are you applying them okay? Is there anything that I can help you with? It does a couple of things here. It raises the customer service level right back up to when they're in the salon and it yeah. continues. Not only does it continue, but even if there was a tiny issue, you've got a chance to put it right. Mm -hmm. oh, yeah, it was fantastic. But you know what? My fringe is a bit too long. Not a problem. Pop in in the week and I'll just happily do a complimentary fringe trim for you. Also, you make the client an ambassador for your salon as well. They will go on and they will say, even if there was a fringe issue, do you know what? They phoned, my salon phoned me and they, they wanted to know how I got on. How long does that phone call take? Three or four minutes out of yeah. your time? And that's what I think is exceptional customer service. They will go on to rave about you to their friends and family or social media or whatever. And if, you, if there was an issue, you've picked up on it and you can just deal with it without them, you know. And even if there was an issue, if they spoke to somebody, they might say, do you know, yeah, there was a bit of an issue, but do you know what? They dealt with it really well. Mm -hmm. Always look at the end result. What is the end result that you want out of any situation and focus on that and then do whatever it is needs to take you to the end result. Do you know, I love that because I think, Again, I, for me, that is, again, one of the differentiators within your business is that yeah. point of contact, because I think one of the things that we've done, and, and interestingly, this is something that we've probably only started to change, I would probably say in the last, like, maybe four months, five months, mm -hmm. is we had um, a post come up on uh, a timeline uh, in one of our social media feeds, 
And it basically, it was from about five or six years ago, so pre-COVID, and it was just showing other things that we were doing in in the salon, and you know, oh, okay. hand, mas- hand massages, and yeah. you know, little bottles of water on every station when they came yeah. in, and and one of the team brought it to our attention and said, you know what, we don't we don't really do that as much anymore. Mm. And literally, we then sat down the following morning. We're like, right, guys, what are the things that we need to get back to? And one of the things we've really realized is when you say about that personal care, yeah, that's where the industry has got to change. And yeah. exactly what you said, because we've let automation take over. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. we use software systems that send, you know, reminder texts. They send, how was your hair? Thank you for coming yesterday. Yeah. And actually what you're saying is making your front of house actually, because I think the stylists are always going to, you know, potentially struggle if they're busy, I think, to make mm-hmm. that. But actually utilizing your front of house to make that personal connection, you know, with that yeah. client and just check up on them. I think that's an absolute no brainer, you know? Yeah, I, I I would definitely tend to agree with you. I wouldn't say do that with every client, but no. do it with the clients who have purchased a lot of retail, maybe mm-hmm. had a massive color change or something like that or maybe a huge color correction so not everyone but I think key you know key clients yeah and these are the people who are really going to be loyal to you because of the care and attention that you have extended to them Mm -hmm. even though they're not in the salon yeah and imagine the potential business from that oh yeah absolutely going above and beyond I'd, I'd like to go to somebody who did that yeah. Even if they don't do it to me. But uh, yeah, definitely. I'd definitely like to go to a salon who does that. Yeah. I love that. Okay. So retail. Now, mm. it's a subject that I think our industry struggles with on yeah, every I single level. It. I think the, the national average is 8%, I think, in yeah. salons. And, yeah. you know, we, I always feel quite fortunate because we tend to sit around sort of 13, 14, and that's pretty mm. good. My, my dream is to get to 20. Um, yeah. I'm never really sure if we're going to achieve that, but I keep telling myself. And if I keep telling myself, I hope we're going to achieve it. So within the sort of retail aspect, so what are the things that, again, you really try and focus on when you're coaching people? I think it's um, don't sell ice in the Himalayas because <laughs> they don't need it. They don't want it and they're not going to thank you for it. Mm-hmm. So I think you've got to look at the educating your clients a little bit more than selling. Because let's face it, professional stylists and uh, makeup artists and beauticians and aesthetic practitioners and lash artists are not salespeople. If they wanted to be salespeople, they would go into a sales industry, but they're not. So I think what we've got to do is say to them, it's okay. We're not asking you to sell. We're asking you to educate your clients. And that's a way forward. Mm -hmm. I think, you know, if I start a coaching session with 20 people and I say, okay, hands up, who absolutely hates retail? Every single person will put their hand up. And I think at the end of the coaching session, if you say, right, who likes retail a little bit better now? They'll all put their hand up. Mm -hmm. So I think it is definitely about educating their clients. It's about talking about the products. It's about being, and we use like a doctor scenario, you know, where you go to your doctor, you have a bad knee and he says, yeah, fine. I've got this amazing cream, put it on twice a day. Come and see me in a week and I'm sure it'll be fine. And you think, wow, thank for that. Somebody's solving my problems. You go home, use the cream, you put it on exactly as they've said. And lo and behold, in a week, your pain's gone. Mm -hmm. So 
It's about educating your client to solve their problems. And what we say is in the consultation is, you know, open questions. What issues do you have with your hair? And there is a phrase which I like to teach, which I can help you with that. Now, who's not going to go, really? That's fantastic. Mm -hmm. So it's all about how you deliver and how you speak to your client. If you say, do you know what? We've got this amazing product that's $6.99 and I've got to shift 10 of them this week. You know, they're going to go, they're going to just switch off. I think also for salons, it's really good for them uh, professionals to be personally responsible and accountable. So what we do as well, we teach a um, personal development plan. Every single professional has their own personal development plan mm -hmm. they create it themselves with a product that they know and love and they are always successful because they are accountable they know why they're doing it they know how they're going to do it they know what the outcome is going to be and at the end of it they are accountable and if they check it in say it's a month they check it in two weeks they smash the target they can extend it yeah. So I think being personally responsible for your own retail is good. It's great mm -hmm. to be in a team, but you very often get some people who are quite, um, how should I say, um, maybe put down a little bit because they're not very good at retail. So they completely close down and they don't bother. Yeah. So I think education, educating your client, solving their problems, being there for them and knowing your products. You've got to know your products, what they do, how they do it, and why they do it. And possession is nine-tenths of the retail. Market. I think that's that kind of features and benefits thing, you know? Yeah. It's, it's always one of those. And, you know, it's interesting. And and obviously, we you know, we work quite closely with a lot of big product companies. Yeah. Um, I, I, I often say, and they hate me for saying this, but I just, I often go, I just think a lot of ranges are too big. You yeah, know, I, I think yeah. Like, I get to a stage now when if you asked most stylists, they would probably use like four or five oh, styling yeah. products. Four of their favorite. And they would generally ones, stick yeah. to, you know, five or six shampoos. That's about it. Yeah. And don't really change that much because ultimately most people's hair types are pretty similar. You know, you've got color, you yeah. need moisture, you need protein, et cetera, et cetera. Really and I always it. think that's yeah. why within we've noticed quite a lot within the ranges that actually there's a salon owner. don't be afraid to condense your yeah. ranges down like much better to sell more of something and then instead yeah. of having you know money sat on a shelf because i think for salon owners now, it's so expensive having products kind of sat there is it's a, well, it's a it's, waste of money it may as well be you know pound notes or coins or whatever on your on your yeah shelf. for sure i do agree with you actually nathan i think that better that you are highly professional and knowledgeable about four products than mm -hmm. you know very little about 10 because also if you are a, if you build a trusting relationship with your client they are going to buy from you because they trust your judgment your yeah. judgment can be refined by the knowledge of the product so i think you're right i think yeah why not choose l less products get to know them better educate your client about mm -hmm. them but you've got to really believe in these products otherwise they're never going to buy from you are i they? think that's the other thing as well i mean i we always sort of treat it like within the team and again i, I try and tell as many salon owners as possible you have to use your product companies you have to yeah sure. whatever you have to abuse them so yeah. i i i 
used to get quite disturbed that when we asked the sort of the team like what shampoos do you use you know mm. quite a lot of them wouldn't use the products that we use in the salon so we've ended up actually giving you know most of the team sort of a shampoo and the conditioner kind of like every sort of 10 weeks or so we buy like the big liter bottles yeah um, and we say look guys if you're not using that product how can you recommend it yeah no, sure it's not possible and i think Absolutely. that's where you know potentially you know, as a salon owner, just trying to just trying to build your team, and as you said, build their confidence because not everybody is is great. And as you said, it's actually take, taking that word away. It's not sales. No, you no, know, it's no, not sales. Not. It's no, solutions. Not many people actually like to be sold to. Do no. they? they don't. I mean, you know, you you see somebody, you go into a shop or something, and you, you're just browsing, and you see somebody who is intent on coming towards you, and you know exactly what they're going to do. You're just going to mm -hmm. turn around and walk out the door because yeah. you just, you know, you don't want that pressure. So I think by learning to educate your clients, knowing your products inside out and being confident, more confident about a product you know and love than something that you are told to sell. But I agree with you, it's got to come from above. You know, these big retail companies need to put their money where their mouth is really, mm -hmm. and they need to be coaching as well. Yeah. They need to be telling the staff, okay, we've got this new product line. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to spend time with you so that you are confident with yeah. the product. And I think we, we always do most of our education now, I think, hands-on. So yeah, we tend to always ask, you know, the product companies that we work with specifically to come in and actually just spend kind of an afternoon or a morning yeah. working with the team, working with that guest, yeah. you know, and just going, look, you know, what's the what's the solution? Okay, I would recommend this. Yeah. Actually, the one thing is from a guest perspective, they love it. They, yeah, you know, right. they because they're suddenly involved and they're making decisions. And, yeah. You know, but that's how we should be with with each of our clients or our guests. You know, get them involved, especially the guys. I mean, some guys have absolutely no idea, and that's mm -hmm. why they don't buy retail. Get the guy to put it in their hands. Yeah. You, know, you only need a tiny bit. You've got to rub it in the palms of your hands or your mm -hmm. fingertips and, and run it through your hair. Get them to do it. Because if they are confident in doing it themselves, they're more likely to buy the retail. Mm -hmm. Touch and feel, you know? Yeah, definitely. I, just, I was going to just go to a point there. My brain's completely gone. But I was going to say, that's that's one of the things that I think also I want salon owners to start trying to do, you know, more is yeah. actually just kind of get your team touching feeling playing yeah. with those products more but again making it a bit more fun yeah just more fun like more yeah. relaxed because you will definitely you'll retail more as a result of it yeah i mean you've got to obviously consult qualify and demonstrate those are the three steps that i teach as well consult you need to know the right product mm -hmm. um and qualify is it the right one for your client you know, because there's yeah. no point, like we say, don't sell ice in the Himalayas. And then demonstrate, show them how to do it because they don't know. You know, you could be chatting away about their holiday or their plans coming up or even yours. And you'll be applying the product and you're not you're not taking them through the steps. So when they you know, when it comes to, you know, are you, are you going to take this product? They're like, what product? Oh, I don't know. What did you use? I didn't feel it. I didn't smell it. I don't know how to put it on. No, I'm not. So 
they're big barriers. They really are. We need to break those barriers down. Massively. And do you know another thing? And again, this is and for, mm-hmm. you know, for salon owners that are listening to this, I there's so many great points that really, and what happens is what I love about these conversations on the show is my brain starts going off left, right, all over the place because I now start thinking about other things that we can probably do within the business. Yeah. But the one thing that I, after chatting now, what I would really tell every single salon owner to do is go and ask your guests. I tell you what, I haven't, I'm sure so many salon owners never do forums. I bet you they never invite 20 or 30 clients, right, every quarter into the salon. And I bet they never ask them a whole bunch of questions about what they're doing right, what they're doing wrong, what could they do better, what do they like about being here. Because that's one thing that we do. And I tell you what, when you get real-time information from your guests, that is an absolute game changer. I think our statistics came back at like 86% of people wanted to be told more about retail. Wow. There you go. Based on the numbers. And I think that was done on like 100 people that we did that on. You know, you look at it, that's amazing to be able to go back to your team and say, guys, have you seen that our guests want to know more about products? <laughs> Absolutely. So yeah. I would ultimately, honestly, I think like create really simple questionnaires and, and utilize those things. Um, yeah. As you said, process, process, process. I mean, before we, um, I do this final thing called the final five. All right. So hopefully you'll, mm-hmm. you'll quite like it. So we do five quick questions. Um, okay. Just to sort of finish with, but I think there are so many great points there. And for most of those, Angeline, I think the one thing is, is that journey, you know, yeah. I'm just trying to get salon owners to go and look at that. As you said, pretend to be the guest. Yeah, sure. What would you want? How would you want to be treated? How would you want to feel when you finished? And you, then, you know, empathy, like we were saying, is a skill that we actually get better at as we get older. So we do have to coach our young professionals because sometimes they don't have those empathetic skills. So that's another area of coaching. I love that. Love that. So the final five, right? Okay. See, see how you get on with these. All right. Um, what's the biggest thing do you think you've learned maybe over the last 12 months? Oh, how much I love coaching. Ah, there you go. You see? Yeah. That's a nice one. I like that. Is that one? Of, and just, just on a point of that, is that because of the variety as well? Oh, do you know, I I build trusting relationships with my learners and, um, and I, I love to see them grow. I love to see, you know, if I receive work back and they, they've said a phrase like, I can help you with that. I'm like, yes, they've got it. Yeah, so, yeah I think it's it's me celebrating their wins, really. Mm. I love that. Uh, and what's the first thing you do when you wake up in the morning? What's the last thing you do before you go to bed? Oh, I have a coffee. Yeah. <laughs> I wake up in the morning, I need my coffee. <laughs> I kiss my husband goodnight and tell him I love him. Oh, I love that. You yeah. see, <laughs> like we said. Um, what's been the a favorite piece of advice that's always stuck with you? And is there a worst mm. piece of advice that you've been given that you've not listened to? Oh, okay. So the best piece of advice, I have a friend who works in New York and he works in the fashion industry. And I said to him one day, what is it about the Americans? Why are they so good at customer service? And he said, I'll tell you, it's because we teach them at ground level. Yeah. And that's the best piece of advice I ever heard in my business. And that's what I love doing. Love it. The best piece of advice was uh, 
probably from my husband when he says, no, Angeline, you can't do that. <laughs> I never listen to him. I know. But always I just go ahead and do it anyway. When, when I always feel more determined when somebody <laughs> says I can't do it. You know? Oh dear! I've had it with like the challenges I've done. Yeah, like, crazy. When I've done like ultra marathons and stuff, people said you're never going to do that. I'm like, yeah. Oh yeah, it just fires you up. I mean, I I've done the three peaks twice. I've done London yeah. to Paris cycling three or four times. And you know, one somebody did say to me, um, I put a girls team together to do three peaks challenge for breast cancer years ago, and they were like, you're never going to do it. You're going to fail. And I was like, watch us. And we were like a vision on pink on Ben Nevis. It was amazing. Oh, I love it. I've only been talking about that this morning with my trainer. Actually. Yeah, gosh. So we'll chat about that after this yeah. recording because I need to pick your brains on it. And, <laughs> um, one thing you can't live without. Oh, one thing I can't live without, probably my my computer. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Sorry. <laughs> I think because I do so much Zoom. Um <laughs> I, yeah, I couldn't live without it because I would stop doing what I love, and that would be that would be terrible. Well, that's the first. That's the first. Here's <laughs> the first one. I, I get a lot of I get a lot of phones. Um, I'm quite interested. People say that I'm like, how about family, children, you know, friends, alcohol? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, they're they're kind of like further down the list. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, there's a whole list that goes on there. Yeah. And then if you could um, make up a rule that you think people should abide by, what would it be? I think put yourself in that person's shoes. Yeah, definitely. In any, it doesn't matter what situation, but put yourself in that person's shoes and and, and use your empathy skills. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Love that. Less judgmental, you know. Mm -hmm. I think I love that. I love that. Well, Angeline, it has been a fantastic show. I hope you guys have enjoyed listening today. Now, where can people find you? Where can they uh, find you on your socials? Okay, so we're Midas Customer Service Training. We have a website, we have Facebook. Um, and uh, yeah, they could contact Nathan if they'd like any coaching and I'll give him the details. And uh, yeah, I look forward to uh, receiving any inquiries and I love giving free advice as well anybody wants any free advice they've got a situation they can't deal with you know let me know and in the world that we're currently living in angeline's probably a fantastic person to go to and hopefully help you make changes to the business angeline it's been an absolute pleasure oh, thank uh, you, i look forward to chatting to you again on the show in another time in another place wonderful thank you for your time today no worries enjoy the rest of your day you too